0: his interest and care for the poor his special attentiveness to injustice is not just an end it's a means to an end when god cares about injustice he cares about it because god wants something to be done about the injustice i can see that when people of faith put their hands into god's hands partner with god great things can happen
1: Hello everybody, my name is Cecile and I'd like to welcome you to today's installment of AD Presents. Today's AD Presents is a special one because it's our first venture into the world of podcasting, so that's exciting. I'm so honoured to be introducing you to two phenomenal women I greatly admire for their passion and critical thinking when it comes to the issues of justice and what that looks like practically in our daily life. Those of you who have been joining with us over the last few weeks will know that we as AD are passionate about upending dominant narratives in our pursuit of this alternative reality framed in the social vision of the Kingdom of God. To that end, we'll be listening to Dr. Genevieve James from UNISA, who will be chatting to Ayanda and Musani, who will not be a stranger to our AD fam. I personally asked them to jump on a Zoom call a few weeks back, and they had a great fat chat about the church and the Kingdom of God specifically as it pertains to economic justice, and we have the privilege of sitting in on that conversation today. So Dr. James is a Deputy Director of Community Engagement and Outreach at the University of South Africa, UNISA. She's actually been involved in some phenomenal work during these Rona times, serving as an essential worker with the City of Tswana's Homelessness Forum. And our very own Ayanda Musani needs no introduction. <laughs> I feel like she's an Honourable Domini board member. I literally rope her in on so much of the behind the scenes planning and framing for what I do. And I really value her bright mind and ability to ask the pertinent questions. <laughs> She's a history master's student and host of her very own podcast, which I'll link in the description below. Just an awesome friend I've been honored to know and join with over the last while. So last year, Ayanda was facilitating some talks at UCT with the Global Citizenship and the conversation she had with Dr. James about economic justice was so challenging and thought provoking. I wanted them to essentially talk us through that again and let us all in on it. So I'm very happy to fade out and listen in on these two inspiring women as they tackle this topic with wisdom and insight. Let's lean in, have our hearts open to being challenged as we reflect what it looks like to live out our faith and do justice daily. Enjoy.
2: I don't know if you remember me from the event that you came to at UCT. I do. How can I forget? <laughs> I was like, I, I always talk about, like, every single time I'm I'm with someone, I'll always mention the presentation that you've spoken about. Mm-hmm. And I think when Cecilia was telling me about this magazine, I was like, oh, my God, I know the perfect person to 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 think about this thing. And I think one of the things that I really did enjoy was that, you weren't only reflecting um theoretically, you were also really sharing about like how you're also grappling with like what justice looks like daily um, yes. and I'm super excited to yeah to have mm-hmm. you here. How have you been though
0: Well, you know it's been a hectic time um I think twenty twenty has brought a whole new set of uh learning and lessons. Uh, with the challenges we faced this year, yeah. so that meant um, a whole new skill set. Mm. It meant, you know, managing time uh, as an essential worker plus carrying on with the academic uh, management responsibilities I have at Unisa. Yeah. So um, it's been a very very fruitful time um, because we were working uh, to support the city's homelessness uh sheltering efforts during the lockdown uh so a lot uh, you know reflection and thinking on um a group that that was really almost invisible in cities that became highly visible during the lockdown
2: but I, it I, it's been such a strange time for me to to think about like what like it's like we know that our country is in, in unequal, right? And we know that there are vulnerable people yes. um, and we know that there are vulnerable communities who are increasingly vulnerable in this time. But it's almost mm. like there's like this huge exposure um, of what we somehow were willingly um, ignorant to. And so if anything, now yes. we, we can't. We can't ignore it. Um, and we can't ignore yes. that like we are locked in in our four-bedroom mm-hmm. um, or four-room houses um, and others are locked out. And so interestingly enough, the day before the lockdown, I was with um, Craig Stewart from The Warehouse. And so we were walking yes. along um, Mowbray. And so he does some stuff with the, with the homeless as well. And so we were like, how do you guys feel about the lockdown tomorrow? And the one guy was mm. like... We've we always are locked out of systems.
0: Like mm. we've
2: always been locked out. So you guys mm. are the ones who are panicking. For us, this is yeah. you know, and yeah. it really because yeah. I think I was just so starkly aware of like my own personality, Um exactly. and that the lockdown for me was an inconvenience, right? Not actually, mm. A, mm.
0: yeah, absolutely. And I think that. In the case of Pretoria, they've, they, you know, there was um, a homeless uh, homelessness uh, a forum mm-hmm. um, which brought together the city, churches, um, NGOs, and um, even assisted the city in the development of the policy on, on street homelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so during this time, the relationship with the city has strengthened. Um due to the, the the collaboration that had to take place mm. and also work towards uh, social housing mm. and you know justice uh, in terms of uh, spatial justice employment and so on for the homeless those conversations you know have taken place and they there's some very positive signs coming out of this so mm. I know that you know the warehouse produces some very good Uh, resources as well and we made that available to our site managers uh, just you know to encourage them and build their capacity in this time Hmm. which which i yeah
2: i think now more than ever i mean i think it's such i know this is not what we're supposed to talk about but i feel like we can't talk about anything else apart from like locating COVID. Yes. Um, I was speaking to a friend of mine, so he's married with the family and he goes to a church in the Southern Suburbs. And he was saying that mm-hmm. he's been really struggling with his community because um, they all are saying things like, you know, we've been inconvenienced, we're suddenly vulnerable um, and we're all in this together. And for him, he's like, I've always been vulnerable. He's, I mean, he's a missionary. And so he's yeah, like, yeah. we're with my family, we are figuring out, are we paying rent or are we buying groceries? Um, yeah. Are, yeah. we, are we paying our medical aid or are we going to use Pranado to heal a tummy ache? You know, and mm. so like the sudden um panic of we're in this together is yeah. for him is so offensive. Um, yeah, because, he, because he's constantly experiencing vulnerability and now this vulnerability yes. is shocking us because we all are in it now.
0: Is- and you know, um, the very basis of our faith is it's a shared faith. It's, a, it's a, a, a shared lived experience. Every resource that God enables us to steward are not given for individual purposes. Um, In the earth, right? So, yes, the earth, all that we have, even as as individuals, the salary that we earn, Any resource that comes into our hands, Mm. uh, the choice is always there about what we're going to do with that resource and how we're going to manage it. So, I think in this time, for me, most concerning is that the nation claims to be an overwhelmingly Christian nation, Mm. yet, the same nation presides over the most grossest forms of injustice originally the injustice could we could say uh, uh, we had colonialism uh, colonization producing the injustice deepening the injustice we had apartheid now we have um, the same injustice but under a different cloak
2: what causes that though like why is there such an overwhelming disconnect i mean seventy five percent of us in a country profess to be christian, but there's yes. this have like like what like what is not clicking in yes. our, what the written text um, with the professed faith and yes. our living for the other
0: like like what's like what do we, we missing we, we the disjuncture lies with our perception of this faith mm. uh, some of us need a religion to uh, affiliate ourselves with so that when we fully inform, we can say Christian or Hindu or whatever it is. Uh, some of us need uh, religion and then uh, very few of us are willing to really be Christ followers because uh, following Christ is a, is a revolution. Um, and the revolution is not only about um you know, I, I used to do this, but now I don't do that. The revolution also impacts on our resources. The revolution impacts on our priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and the revolution impacts on how, the decisions we make and, the, and how we spend uh, our time. Uh, um, what is our value system? So the the revolution of of being a Christ follower impacts in a very, very surreal and profound manner on our value system. But we don't want a religion that burdens us with uh, that burden of worrying about our value system from Monday to Saturday. Yeah. We want a very peaceful religion where we go on a Sunday, we sing some songs because that singing really is very therapeutic to us. Yeah. And uh, we want a sermon about how we can find a husband or uh, how we can be, um, you know, <laughs> uh, uh 10 10 steps to, uh, you know, be more successful and prosperous. Um, And uh, then we're done. We we wore a nice outfit. We got compliments. We sang some happy songs. We got our 10 points on how we can be more prosperous. And uh, what a great deal that was, you know. That was awesome, right? Yes. And we don't want a faith that tears at our soul, that causes us sleeplessness. We don't want a faith that that leads us to our bank accounts to say, right, this month, uh, so much will have to be shared with this or that. Uh, We don't want a faith that drags us out of our warm beds and takes us uh, into communities where there's no running water, uh, no proper sanitation. And neither do we want a faith that puts us on the boardroom table where policymakers are making decisions um, and and puts us in in a direct almost war positioning with the powers that be. Mm -hmm. So yet the the most exciting thing, if I had to share with young people is don't buy a lesser version of who God is. Uh, uh many, many congregations, many, many churches are selling a sweet Jesus, a sweet Jesus that will make your wallet sweet, that will make your life sweet, your relationship sweet, and all of those things. Um, understand that your God is a living God. Your God is a is is the all-wise one. He is the omniscient one. Um, His interest and care for the poor, his special attentiveness to injustice Mm -hmm. is not just uh, an end. It's a means to an end. Mm -hmm. When God cares about injustice, he cares about it because God wants something to be done about the injustice. And God wants to partner with us. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I, when I look at this, the situation of homelessness in the city of Pretoria prior to the lockdown. And now I look at it a few weeks in, into the whole process. I can see that when people of faith put their hands into God's hands, partner with God, great things can happen. Mm. So it's about us saying, right, let's give up on this kind of religion. That's just the the religion that keeps us happy for a few hours while we are there clapping together. Yeah. But we need that, that faith that the same God of, of the book of Acts that can revolutionize the pockets, uh, the, the resources, the priorities, and the purpose of those uh, that the Holy Spirit uh, uh, came over. Mm. And uh, that God is, is still with us today. We don't have a lesser version, right? Uh, a less powerful version. Now, over the years, the power has come out. Um, God is still willing and able, and just if we join forces with God, great things can happen. Yeah,
2: and and I and I wonder if, like, I think what you were touching on earlier is so important. Like, I think part of it, I wonder if part of it is that we don't want to be inconvenienced, right? So that's the thing. Um, so the friend I was mentioning with you who was really struggling with this thing of, like, we're all vulnerable now. I was sharing with him, so a couple of months ago, I was speaking to my partner and I was like, oh, like, we, he's wanting to buy a house. And so we were, like, walking, like, driving around the southern suburbs. Mm-hmm. And so we drive into, like, I think it was, like, Roundabout, And I'm like, oh, babe, like, mm-hmm. I love this community. It feels so yeah. sweet. And, like, I can see the kids, like, mm-hmm. riding, riding the bicycles. And then we drive to a separate part of the Southern Cyprus. And I was like, I don't know, babe. I just, I don't feel safe. And he looks yeah. over to me and he's like, you don't feel safe because there's more people who look like you. And there's more people who yeah. those, this world of safety that I'm going to create. And I think in that moment, we're just so exposed to that. Even yeah. black women in this country, what safety and security looks like is less of me, like less of my people. Yeah. Yes, and I was living in a community that had more homeless people, more black and brown people. I'd I'd, I'd have no choice but to step out and love. I'd right. have no choice but right. to. How can I serve you? And so there's almost a, an in an subconscious intentional running away from myself. um yes. people, people who I need, and I think yes. like I deal with that because I have to then say, oh, oh, I'm the problem here. You know. Um, and that I'm I'm trying to curate a world that that would allow me to not see the other. Mm. That's a, that's a faith mm. For faith that 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 aids that um, is very helpful. I don't want to be reading James Cone. I don't want to be listening to Genevieve James mm. To, mm. Um, to open my wallet. I don't want to listen to you telling me um, to decide between need and greed. I don't want to hear that because mm. I, you know, and and I think for me, it's been so liberating, it scary to just confess that. Um, mm. But it's hard because then, then the mirror is looking at me, you know?
0: Yes, yes. And and that's uh, what I love about what, what, how you are framing your, your journey in this is that what it requires is uh, firstly self-reflection of the kind that you are doing, which which not many do, by the way, uh, most people will go through life, uh, choose the place they want to live without ever asking the deeper questions that you have just raised now. So uh, very few would have that level of self-reflection. Um, but also the realization that this is not an easy road. The easy road is is what we currently see now being perpetuated. It's the walk of convenience. It's uh, the minute you arrive at a certain status, then you need to close the door on the people that you have, uh, that will no longer support that vision you want uh, 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 to create about yourself. You want an aura and you want, uh, a, a certain view of yourself that needs to be consumed by society. Mm. And so in that view, you have certain people part of the, the picture and certain people that you don't want to be seen. Okay. So the most difficult thing is that when we follow Christ, um, it's not a, a walk of conformist um, choices. Mm. The, the following Christ is when we choose to be a non-conformer. It's when you choose to defy or or, or question orthodoxy. Um, if the world systems are saying, buy this, be this, sound like this, dress like this, hang out with these kinds of people, live in these kinds of houses, um, the Christ follower uh, is instructed by the Holy Spirit, is guided by the Holy Spirit, and lives... With the sense of economy which defies the world's order, the world's priorities. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a li- really gracious and liberal economy which we enter into when we become Christ followers. We do not function from a, a scarcity mentality. Uh, me, myself, and I, my stuff, but my- we, we, we. we Yes, we function from this, the, the, the generosity of God, the multiplicity of who God is, the sufficiency of God's provision, uh, of God's presence in our lives. Uh, in fact, our priorities fundamentally change. And any resource that gets into our hand, we see the multiple uses for that resource in the kingdom.
2: What, what does that look like, daily Genevieve? So I know that um, the, one, of the, one of my favorite dichotomies that you present is this thing of need versus greed, right? Yeah so I remember when I first heard you, um, the next so I live close to a, a, a garage and I usually just grab a snack whenever like, I'm coming from campus, and as yeah. I was crying I was like, <laughs> I just heard your voice and you were like, "Is this a need?" Yeah greed um and i found that if i buy based on need there's more surplus to give um yes 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 yeah so could you just speak a bit more about like how you were thinking about that and how how you live that out or at least intend to live that out
0: so so need versus greed firstly decide to go above and beyond the cliche or the motto to the lived experience of it Need versus greed is not easy because everything in society is shaped in a way that forces us into a needs trajectory. I was reading a, a, a book uh, 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 some time ago called Consumer Kids. Consumer? And how Consumer Kids. Yeah. So it is about um, how marketing uh, and products, uh, uh, companies, target little children as at at the earliest possible ages, hook them in as clients um, and create consumers of, of little kids Mm -hmm. and then how those kids, you know, are are consumers for life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we need to understand that in the world that we live in on a daily basis, there's a science to the creation of greed. Mm. Now, I need to just unpack this a bit. Let's just take the food uh, companies. There's been so many studies done on the use of sugar and the use of certain ingredients in commercialized uh, food pa- uh, 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 recipes and how, over the years, would the increase in certain ingredients certain fast foods, processed foods, packaged foods, and so on, actually become addictive. So aside, I'm not even talking about like Coca-Cola or, or whatever, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so the way things are done in such a way that you are trapped in this, in this need to come back for more, whether it is the recipe of a processed product There's ingredients in it that make you want more, 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 more. Uh, For those who are working on nutrition and healthcare and and, uh, healthy diets for body mass index and looking at uh, the issues of uh, diabetes and all of that, they actually are showing how food companies have been liable for introducing ingredients that actually lead directly to disease, obesity, and so on. I'm giving you that as an example of how on a day-to-day basis, we are, being, we are being trapped as consumers. So everything in society is telling us we need more. All the advertisement, all the marketing, our Christian leaders on television, are, they're also perpetuating a culture of consumerism. buy this product and you will get this prayer and uh, by send your love gift for this and you will get you know we will send you a prayed cloth or blessed oil or whatever (laughs) Uh, so uh, that uh, consumerist behavior is is Cutting across like a transversal theme across our entire existence. Mm-hmm. Even before a baby is born, there's already a list of items to consume. Um, and it goes on. I mean, on upon death now, you've got the tombstone that you have to then select and then preparations for the after tears party and all of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't ever end. It just, you know, it goes on. So day to day, it is looking and thinking critically about where those hooks are that hook us into a consumerist lifestyle, because greed is linked to the consumer systems. It is um, the whole consumerist ethos is perpetuating greed. Now, need versus greed, it is the Holy Spirit coming upon you and you having a conscience. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the conscience is not seared. Mm. The conscience is kicking in. There's a, something knocking on the inside saying, Hey, why are you thinking like this? Hey, this resource that you just spent, uh, 2000 rands at the mall on your shoe and your top or whatever it is. um, Was that wise? Yeah. So in a consumerist greedy society, the conscience is seared. The voice of the Holy Spirit is not only the voice that is preventing us from jumping into bed with somebody's spouse. Mm. So the Holy Spirit is not only interested in bedroom politics. The Holy Spirit is also interested in bank statements, how we choose to spend our resources. Because if we believe we fall under the reign of God, that's the kingdom of God. We are under the reign of God and God's reign is a reign of justice. So God's reign is over people and places over communities over cities but also over individuals and as individuals we need the conscience
2: and it almost it almost sounds like being a christian means exposing ourselves to be exposed by the holy spirit and i think just the image of like the holy spirit coming upon you so i'm i'm high pentecostal and so i know that there's i mean on sunday morning you'd almost see this thing where like you have no control of what's happening but it it almost sounds like mm. having the Holy Spirit so integrated in our life
0: mm. means that we have
2: to be allowed we have to be exposed, we have to be thinking differently about our expenses um and not this um sin obsession but also life obsession right that that in every area of our lives, including our finances, including who we are sleeping with, you know like all those things matter yes
0: yes almost a
2: hierarchy yeah. of sin, sin is. Murder and you know debauchery and all these things, but sin can't be greed. You know, um, and mm. and I, and I think what I'm hearing you say is that, like actually, God is God reigns over both.
0: Our understanding of evil and sin is very very important mm. because if for us, as you rightly pointing out, if sin is I took a knife and I killed someone we need to also learn to see that the economic system that I developed favors the rich, punishes the poor. Mm. That economic system is the knife that I use to kill the poor.
2: Yeah. Or the
0: healthcare system that favors the rich and punishes the poor. The healthcare system is the murderous weapon that I use mm. to favor the rich and punish the poor. And to,
2: and to see that as that as well, right? To not have this... Yeah. This binary dichotomy between yes. murder
0: and like yes, yes. Baby, right? Yes. Because there is individual sin, individual sin, sins that we commit as individuals. But then there's corporate sins. Sins that we commit as communities. There's sins that we commit as a as a company, mm. as a as an organization, as a business, as a government, as a church, as a nation. Yeah. So in our nation, the nation of South Africa, the nation of South Africa has time and time again been given fresh opportunities to choose the path of justice, but has refused the path of justice. As the fight against colonization was waging across the continent and in South Africa, it was a fight for justice. The yeah. fight for coloni- against colonization was a fight for justice. That war waged. Then the fight against apartheid was a fight for justice. Mm-hmm. Now the fight for economic justice, that is the, the current fight in the country, it's mm-hmm. still a fight for justice. Mm-hmm. But no government has chosen the path of blessing, of healing. Of sharing, of righteousness. Every government has chosen to hurt the people.
2: But then, Genevieve, it also means that, like,
0: we've
2: we've co-parted with the government in doing that. Like, if if we are saying that there are 70, if we are saying there's seventy five percent Christians in the country, and 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 the status of the government is the status of of the people, and that people is us. Then we are perfect co partners with, with, with systems that, like these, I mean, you're saying here, like we, are, we, be, we become co partners with these corporate sins and systems instead of us. Yes. Right? Uh, yes. Um, and so then we, 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 when we talk about economic justice, it has to be us first, you know.
0: So we have to move away from that consumerist view of who we are. Um, And we have to rediscover the meaning of being church. We have to rediscover God's mission. What does it entail? Who is prioritized in God's mission? When we look at the spirit of God has come upon me because he has anointed me the gospel to the poor. So that is a reorientation of our mission. Our mission has to be synced in with God's mission. It cannot be a mission separated from God's mission. So if God is sending us uh, to prioritize the poor, to to discover the meaning of the good news to the poor, uh, to discover what does it mean for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. That means as the church, we need to be empowered to do that. We need to understand what is the kingdom. The kingdom is God's reign. When God reigns, is injustice perpetuated or is justice yeah. perpetuated? As the children of God, what is our mandate in the world that we live in, in the age that we live in? We are living in an age of not yet, where all the promises of God have not yet been fully realized. We have not yet seen the vision of Isaiah 65, where the uh, there will be long life. There will be housing, there will be jobs, there will be land, there will be a a fruitfulness of human relationships and um, um, uh, sharing um, and uh, a flourishing vision of what a city is. We have not yet arrived there, but when we have a reorientation of what it means to be church, of what our mission is and who is the head of our mission and what is God's priority, then we come into alignment with God's kingdom.
1: What an insightful conversation. I hope you're as challenged and inspired as I am to honestly ask ourselves, are we slaves to comfort and convenience? Or are we willing to live out this alternative kingdom reality as it pertains to our resources? You know, economic systems of competition, consumerism and lack are so integral to the kingdoms of this world, the kingdom of empire, that to completely depart from it means departing from this consumer culture. So join with us as we continue to imagine alternative ways of living and being in our pursuit to live thy kingdom come. If you'd like to find out more about Anno Domini, visit us on anadomini.mag.com. And follow our journey on social media. We are Anna Domini Mag on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we hope to see you next time on AD Presents.